Thought Leadership from PwC. Welcome to PwC's Accounting Podcast. I'm Heather Horn. Today's episode is our audio companion to our publication. Today's SEC Climate Disclosures, How Do You Measure Up? For the latest information and resources on SEC Climate Disclosures, as well as other ESG topics, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and also register for our upcoming quarterly ESG webcast airing February 16th or March 1st. Links to register for the webcast, as well as other related resources, are included within the show notes, or you can find them at viewpoint.pwc.com. And on that note, all resources referenced throughout the podcast, including publications and guidance from non-PwC parties, are linked in the print publication at viewpoint.pwc.com. And with that, let's get started. The SEC's sweeping climate-related disclosure proposal released in March 2022 continues to be a focal point for companies and investors as stakeholders anticipate what may be included in the final release and, perhaps even more importantly, when the new rules will go into effect. The forward-looking focus is perhaps understandable given the extent of the SEC's anticipated disclosures coupled with the looming global ESG disclosure requirements that are expected to impact many U.S. companies. Notwithstanding this ongoing activity, registrants need to ensure that the SEC's existing, long-standing climate-related disclosure requirements are fully embraced in the upcoming reporting cycle. In September 2021, the Division of Corporation Finance released a quote, Dear Issuer letter, highlighting areas of potential comment related to climate disclosures. And through November 30th, 2022, climate disclosure is one of the top areas of SEC comment in their review of filings. Echoing this demonstrated interest from the SEC staff, PwC's 2022 Global Investor Survey highlighted investors' requests for additional sustainability information. Further, per the survey, 60% of investors want companies to report the impact they have on the environment or society now and in the future. Also, per the survey, 69% of investors want to see the relevance of sustainability factors to the company's business model. This publication provides observations from our analysis of disclosures in the most recent annual SEC filings from the S&P 100 and is intended to assist companies in meeting regulator and investor disclosure expectations. While every company will differ, a greater understanding of how others are addressing the current requirements may be helpful in preparing year-end disclosures. Although the themes observed in our analysis generally transcend industries, we've also included further detail by industry in the appendix, which can be found in the print publication. The S&P 100 companies break down by industry as follows. 22 consumer markets companies, 8 energy, utilities, and resources, 20 financial services companies, 
13 health industries companies, 14 industrial products, and 23 technology, media, and telecommunications. Now we'll move on to current climate disclosure requirements. The current requirements are the starting point for compliant disclosure. The following summarizes the areas highlighted in the SEC's 2010 Interpretive Guidance. I'll start with the Regulation SK item and then discuss the required disclosures. Description of Business Item 101 requires a registrant to describe its business and that of its subsidiaries. Required Disclosures The material effects that compliance with government regulations, including environmental regulations, may have upon the capital expenditures, earnings, and competitive position of the registrant and its subsidiaries, including the estimated capital expenditures for environmental control facilities. Second, resources material to a registrant's business, such as sources and availability of raw materials. Next section, legal proceedings. Item 103 requires a registrant to briefly describe any material pending legal proceeding to which it or any of its subsidiaries is a party. Requirement. Administrative or judicial proceeding arising under any federal, state, or local provisions regulating the discharge of materials into the environment or for the purpose of protecting the environment if certain materiality thresholds are met. Next section, risk factors. Item 105 requires a registrant to provide a discussion of the material factors that make an investment in the registrant or offering speculative or risky. Requirements. First, does not refer specifically to environmental risks, but requires all risks to be disclosed if significant to the company or the offering. Second, may require disclosure regarding existing or pending legislation or regulation that relates to climate change. Final section, MD&A. Item 303 requires disclosure known as the management's discussion and analysis of financial condition and results of operations. There are no specific MD&A requirements related to climate, but registrants must identify and disclose known trends, events, demands, commitments, and uncertainties that are reasonably likely to have a material effect on their financial condition or operating performance. Next, when companies voluntarily disclose environmental metrics in MD&A, further information may be necessary to make the presentation of the metric not misleading. According to the SEC, adequate context for an investor to understand the disclosed metric would generally be expected to include a clear definition of the metric and how it is calculated, a statement indicating the reasons why the metric provides useful information to investors, and a statement indicating how management uses the metric in managing or monitoring the performance of the business. Finally, Disclosure of the estimates or assumptions underlying the metric or its calculation may also be necessary context for the metric.
While foreign private issuers are not subject to Regulation SK, Form 20F includes similar provisions that may require disclosures related to climate change. In its 2010 guidance, the SEC included examples for the types of events that may require disclosure under Regulation SK. For more on these requirements, read our publication, Don't Wait Until the SEC Staff Asks You About Climate Change, or listen to the audio version. Our Findings According to a U.S. investor responding to PwC's Global Investor Survey, quote, The more a company says sustainability in a vague way, and the less information I walk away with, the bigger the red flag gets from my perspective, end quote. Our analysis focused on the business, risk factors, and management's discussion and analysis of financial condition and results of operations sections of the Form 10-K. Universally, the S&P 100 companies included some discussion of climate-related matters in the risk factor section of their most recent Form 10-K annual report, reflecting the broad impact of climate change. In most cases, the annual report included supplemental discussion in the business section, and almost half of the companies also included disclosure in MD&A. The percentage of the S&P 100 that included discussion of climate topics in their most recent annual report by section of the filing was 100% in the risk factor section, 82% in the business section, and 43% in MD&A. The nature of the disclosures, as well as the level of detail varied widely by company, across industries, and even within industries. Notwithstanding these differences, we observed a clear concentration of disclosure related to climate risks without concomitant disclosure of climate-related opportunities. According to the SEC's 2010 interpretive guidance, business opportunities resulting from climate change or the reaction to climate change should be disclosed with the applicable risks to provide investors with the full picture of the potential impact of climate on the company. Companies disclosed an average of 3.6 risk factors that mention climate-related risks, although less than half of those disclosures, about 40%, were dedicated specifically to climate. More often, climate-related risks were grouped with other topics. For example, One industrial products company included climate in a disclosure of risk to the supply chain alongside risks related to the pandemic, the geopolitical environment, and other causes. In contrast, within the business section, companies more commonly separated climate from other disclosures. We also observed that the business section generally included more specific detail about how climate may affect the company compared to disclosures in risk factors and MD&A, which tended to be more generic. Companies should consider whether their own filings include adequate explanation of not only climate-related risks, but also the opportunities. Other helpful supplemental disclosures may include more detail about how climate impacts the business, quantification of the costs related to climate-related risks, additional environmental metrics that support the qualitative descriptions, and an explanation of the company's targets and goals. These additional details matter to stakeholders. Focusing on legal proceedings. 
Certain information is required to be disclosed in the annual report related to legal proceedings involving federal, state, or local government provisions, one, regulating the discharge of materials into the environment, or two, primarily for the purpose of protecting the environment. We noted that 39% of companies in the S&P 100, spanning all sectors, disclose such litigation. Topics. We analyze companies' climate and environmental disclosures, identifying that they typically related to one of six general topics. I'll cover the topic and then provide quotes from various filings. First topic, energy. Use of various forms of energy, such as electricity and natural gas. Examples include, one, preparations to minimize or adapt to energy disruptions. Two, energy reduction targets. Three, alternative energy sources used. And four, increased energy costs. Example disclosures. Quote, from the risk factors of a technology company. Our data centers depend on predictable energy and networking supplies, the cost or availability of which could be adversely affected by a variety of factors, including the transition to a clean energy economy and geopolitical disruptions. Disclosure in the business section of an industrial products company. Quote, these laws and regulations could lead to increased environmental compliance expenditures increased energy and raw materials costs, and new and or additional investment in designs and technologies. Next section, ESG market and regulation. Matters related to ESG that are not covered by another topic, such as compliance with regulatory requirements or how the company manages reputational risks related to sustainability objectives. For example, the failure to meet certain targets and goals, or products that may not align. Sample disclosures from the risk factors section of a health industries company. Quote, increasing attention to environmental, social, and governance matters may impact our business, financial results, or stock price. Sample disclosure from the risk factors of a consumer markets company. Quote, our reputation could be damaged if we do not, or are perceived not to, act responsibly with respect to sustainability matters, which could adversely affect our business, results of operations, cash flows, and financial condition. Next section, greenhouse gas, GHG, emissions. Emissions-related matters, including regulations, business trends, and reductions of targets and progress. Examples include, one, a description of costs to improve facilities and purchase equipment to reduce GHG emissions to comply with regulatory limits or meet voluntary commitments. And two, the projected impact of decreased demand for products with significant GHG emissions. Sample disclosure from the business section of a technology company. Quote, we are funding projects in areas that include using technology to improve health and safety, making technology more inclusive while expanding digital readiness, and carbon-neutral computing to help address climate change. Sample disclosure from the business section of a financial services company. Quote, 
The company plans to continue investing in wind, solar, and other low-carbon generation in the future, and to retire an additional 16 coal generation units between 2022 and 2030 in a reliable and cost-effective manner, thereby achieving a 50% reduction in GHG emissions from 2005 levels in 2030. Next section, physical impact of climate. Discussion related to the physical effects of climate, such as property damage or disruptions to operations caused by severe weather, for example, floods and hurricanes. Sample disclosure from the risk factors section of a health industries company. Quote, natural disasters and extreme weather conditions, such as a hurricane, tornado, earthquake, wildfire, or flooding may pose physical risks to our facilities and disrupt the operation of our supply chain. Next topic, waste and hazardous materials. Discussion related to waste handling and disposal materials, including their impact on the environment. Examples include, one, additional cost to properly dispose of materials. Two, environmental remediation for previous contamination. And three, Litigation related to damage from hazardous materials. Sample disclosure from the risk factors of an industrial products company. Quote, mainly because of past operations and operations of predecessor companies, we are subject to potentially material liabilities related to the remediation of environmental hazards and to claims of personal injuries or property damages that may be caused by hazardous substance releases and exposures. Final topic, water and wastewater. Discussion related to water availability, for example, decreased agricultural production capacity in areas affected by drought and quality, including its impacts on the environment. Sample disclosure from the risk factors of a health industries company. The impacts of the changing climate on water resources may result in water scarcity, limiting our ability to access sufficient high-quality water in certain locations, which may increase operational costs. The percentage of the S&P 100 that included discussion of the different specific climate topics in their most recent annual report was as follows. Energy, 64%. ESG market and regulation, 72%. GHG emissions, 76%. Physical impact of climate, 99%. Waste and hazardous materials, 70%. Water and wastewater, 56%. Given the recent focus on climate disclosures, it's perhaps not surprising that the physical impact of climate was discussed by all but one company in the S&P 100 in their most recent annual report. The discussion, however, was typically limited to qualitative factors. Only a few companies quantified the impact of the physical effects of climate on operations. Providing additional quantification of the impacts of climate-related factors may be an opportunity for registrants in their upcoming filings as investors are increasingly asking for more data. In PwC's 2022 Global Investor Survey, for example, 73% of investors said it's important to know the costs associated with the sustainability commitments 
of the companies they cover. Understanding not just what, but where other companies included discussion of specific climate topics may also provide useful context as registrants consider their disclosures in 2023. As would be expected, the types of disclosure and percentage of companies addressing specific topics varied across the sections of a filing. The percentage of the S&P 100 that included discussion of specific climate topics in their most recent annual report by section of the filing was as follows. Energy, 26% in the business section, 49% in risk factors, 15% in MD&A. ESG market and regulation, 28% included something in business section, 59% in risk factors, and only 11% in MD&A. For GHG emissions, 59% included something in the business section, 59% also included something in risk factors, 22% mentioned this in MD&A. The physical impact of climate, 17% discussed this in the business section, 97% mentioned it in risk factors, and 26% mentioned it in MD&A. Waste and hazardous materials, 53% addressed this in the business section, 48% in risk factors, and 12% in MD&A. Finally, for water and wastewater, 35% mentioned it in the business section, 32% in risk factors, and 9% in MD&A. That information is also included in a table in the print publication and may be helpful for reference. One striking trend is the acknowledgement by almost all companies in the S&P 100 that the physical impact to climate is a tangible risk, with 97% of companies including some discussion in the risk factors section. Broad discussion of the physical impact to climate was typically more limited in other parts of the document. In contrast, the business discussion of waste and hazardous materials, 53%, and water and wastewater, 35%, edged out the disclosure of associated risks. Balancing those varied results, an equal number of companies discussed GHG emissions in the risk factors and business sections. Interestingly, These disclosures were entirely qualitative, suggesting that additional work may be needed to prepare for the quantitative disclosure of GHG emissions that would be required by the SEC's proposed rule, which would require disclosure of Scope 1 and Scope 2 GHG emissions, as well as Scope 3 GHG emissions for many companies. Another highlight of the findings, companies were least likely to include climate-related disclosures in MD&A perhaps reflecting closer alignment of this type of longer-term factor with the forward-looking focus of the discussion of risk factors. Next section, targets and goals. Companies are not currently required to disclose environmental targets and goals, although more than a third of the companies in our analysis, 38 of the S&P 100 companies, included climate-related or other environmental targets in their most recent annual report. All of the companies with targets disclose one related to GHG reductions or energy. About a third of those companies disclosed additional targets as well, with an average of 2.5 targets per company. In comparison, however, a recent study by the International Federation of Accountants 
found that 90% of the 40 largest exchange-listed companies in the U.S. disclose some form of emissions reduction target in one or more of their annual report, sustainability report, or website. This suggests that many companies are disclosing targets outside their SEC filings, a gap the proposed SEC climate-related disclosure rules may close, depending on their final form. The proposed rules would require companies to disclose, quote, any, end quote, targets or goals related to the reduction of GHG emissions and, quote, any, end quote, other climate-related targets or goals. The proposed SEC rules would also require disclosure of Scope 3 emissions for all applicable categories if material or if the registrant discloses a target or goal encompassing Scope 3 emissions. More than half of companies with GHG targets in our analysis specifically reference scope 3 emissions and thus would trigger disclosure under the proposed rules. Now, I'll cover some topics and examples of disclosed targets. First topic, greenhouse gas or energy reductions. Examples, achieve net zero emissions and operations by 2040. Reduce or avoid 1 billion tons of emissions in our value chain by 2030. Adopt science-based targets initiative goals to reduce Scope 1, Scope 2, and Scope 3 emissions in line with the Paris Agreement goals by the end of fiscal 2023. Reduce Scope 1 and Scope 2 carbon emissions 2% per year through 2035. Source 100% renewable energy for purchased electricity by 2025. Next topic, waste and hazardous materials. Examples of disclosed targets. Enable 1 million metric tons of plastic to be collected, reused, or recycled through direct actions and partnerships by 2030. Enable 100% of packaging applications to be reusable or recyclable by 2035. Final topic, water and wastewater. Example disclosed targets. Conserve an additional 60 billion gallons of water through 2030. Achieve net positive water use globally by 2030. Final section, looking ahead to 2023 filings. The observations on climate-related disclosures included in this publication provide a snapshot of past practice and may not reflect current expectations. Given the ongoing SEC focus on climate-related disclosures, and continued calls for increased transparency from investors, companies would be well-served to reevaluate and enhance the climate disclosures in their annual reports. In particular, integration of information that's currently disclosed in corporate sustainability reports and other company reports may lead to more complete disclosure. This exercise will also better position companies to respond to questions from the SEC staff who have recently focused on the differences between public statements and what's included in regulatory filings. This sentiment is echoed in the Financial Stability Oversight Council's report on climate-related financial risk. Quote, investors, market participants, and regulators need better data and information, including enhanced and transparent disclosures to assess climate-related financial risks and their potential effects on the financial system, end quote. For more information about current climate-related SEC disclosure requirements 
and the SEC's 2010 interpretive guidance, Sierra in the loop. Don't wait until the SEC staff asks you about climate change. For other benchmarking, see our publication, The Green Shoots of TCFD Reporting. And our print publication includes an appendix with further details of our findings by industry. You can find that publication at viewpoint.pwc.com. That does it for our In The Loop audio companion. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the print version available at viewpoint.pwc.com along with other PwC ESG resources. Our publications and podcasts offer additional information and insight into the SEC's climate disclosure requirements. So that you never miss any of our audio content, follow the PwC Accounting Podcast series wherever you listen to your podcasts. From Thought Leadership at PwC, I'm Heather Horn. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates, and they sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.